0: Thank you, Joel. What's that? It's Frankenstein. All right. So my name is Brent Smith. I'm one of the leaders here at Christ Central and uh, we're very glad that you've joined us this morning. And it's good to be here and it's good to worship with you, and it's good to be coming off the men's weekend. What a time That was together. It's good to be coming off last Sunday. What a time together. And so let's keep going, right? Let's keep going, okay. So we're going to start a new series this morning um, looking at the I Am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Okay, so we're going to look at the I Am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John, and they are well-known phrases if you've been in the church for uh, any amount of time. Uh, There's statements where Jesus says things like, I am the bread of life. I am the true vine. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Familiar, familiar phrases to us. And through this series, as we dive into each of those statements, we want to grow in our knowledge and our love for Jesus. We want to grow in our knowledge and and our love for Jesus. Because when you grow in your knowledge and your love for Jesus, it affects everything. It affects everything. And so we want to have that attitude like Paul when he says, I just want to know Him. I just want to know Him. Everything else I count as nothing next to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. We want to know Him more. So let's pray, and we're going to jump into our first phrase, first statement of Jesus, which comes from John 6, which is, I am the bread of life. And so, Father, we're so thankful uh, for Your presence here with us. We're so thankful for Your Spirit leading and guiding us, and we're so thankful that we uh, have your Word so readily available to us, and we can open it, and we can read, and we can be strengthened and challenged that it's a living and active Word this morning. So we just pray that your Spirit would come, give us eyes to see and ears to hear, and hearts to understand what you want to speak to us through your Word this morning, for your glory. Amen. 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 Okay, let's read John six twenty two. Jesus says, "Or so John six is a great chapter in the Bible, and it starts with uh, a great miracle that we're all familiar with, where Jesus breaks the bread and he feeds the five thousand, and then the disciples head out on the boat, and the storm picks up, and Jesus walks out and meets them there, and then uh, and then twenty one ends with them on the other side of the lake." Then they said to Him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He has sent. So they said to Him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. For the sake of time, let's jump down to verse 30, or 50. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. It's a little strange. We'll get to it a bit later, okay? As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as He taught at Capernaum. When, they, when many of His disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? <clears throat> Jesus is the bread of life. And so I love Jesus calling Himself the bread of life for two reasons. First, bread is just so simple, right? It's basic, it's everyday, it's commonplace. When Jesus says He is the bread of life, we understand. We all understand no matter where we are geographically, no matter young, old, rich, poor, we all understand bread of life. He doesn't say I'm the caviar of life. He doesn't say I'm the filet mignon of life. He says I'm the bread of life. And we all understand what that is. Healthy and sick. We had a bad case of the flu the past week, as 85% of you have, right? And one of the first foods you start to introduce to Daddy, just give me a slice of toast, right? <laughs> right. right? Bread. Healthy, sick, rich, poor, young, old, we understand Jesus as the bread of life. And second, there's just nothing so inviting and down home as homemade (laughs) bread, right? I remember going to my grandmother's house, Nanny Smith, and you walk through the porch and the whole house is filled with the smell of baking bread. And when we've these days... Does anybody make bread that way anymore? It's all in the, in the C-3PO on your counter, right? <laughs> R2-D2, whatever it is. I don't know which one he is. But when Karen's making a, a loaf of bread in the bread maker, you can smell it like when you drive in the driveway and you put your foot on the front step, the smell of bread. And we love, we love bread. It's a staple in our diet. We, you know, we make sandwiches out of it. We put pizza on it. We have hamburgers with it. We love bread. We love bread so much that if we have an allergy to things that are in bread, we figure out ways to make bread so that that allergy isn't in there. So we can just keep eating bread. We love bread. And so when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, we feel the significance that goes along with that. And without even thinking very long, we begin to see how important that it is. But for the first century Jew, the significance was even greater. To the crowds that Jesus was saying this to, bread was their everyday meal. A loaf of barley bread wasn't just on the side of their plate. It was their meal, right? It wasn't just a nice addition to their meal. It was their meal. And so when Jesus says to them, I am the bread of life, it would be like Jesus going to Carlton County and saying, I am the potato of life. Right? If He went down to the Bay of Funday and He stopped in Black's Harbor, He would say, I am the sardine of life. If He went for a stroll with Gary, He would say, Gary, I am the almond of life. (laughs) Right? It is the, the, the staple of their diet. And so it carried a great significance with it. He is a very personable Jesus. So there's a lot in here. We skipped a big section, but <clears throat> there's a lot in here in chapter 6. And let's, uh, let's dump, jump in a bit of what Jesus means when He says, I am the bread of life. So in verse 26... Verse 25, the crowds track Jesus down. They hunt Him out. They find Him. After He fed the 5,000, they go looking for Him. They find Him. And Jesus says this to them in verse 26, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking Me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves of the loaves so the crowds went running after jesus not because they saw him as the son of god not because they said like peter will in a few verses after you alone have the words of eternal life where else would we go but because their bellies were full they were hungry and jesus had given them a gift of bread and they said we like that gift give us more gifts They got into boats and went across the lake and sought Jesus not for life, but for loaves of bread. Now we know that ultimately all that we have is a gift from God. He gives us life and breath and everything. James tells us that every good and perfect thing comes down from the Father of lights. So we know that everything that we have comes from God. But the problem comes when we start focusing on those gifts that He gives us and not on the One who's giving us the gifts. When we start seeking Jesus not for who He is and not for His presence, but only for what we might get out of Him. But just like the crowd and Jesus, Jesus won't have it. He won't have it with them, and He won't have it with us. He says, you seek Me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of you see the gifts God gives us are not just gifts, but they're signs pointing us to the giver. They're not just gifts, they are signposts pointing us to the giver. So when Jesus stood before those five thousand people and he broke the bread and he blessed it and he handed it out, he wasn't just handing out chunks of bread, he was handing out sermons pointing people to the bread of life that's what he says when he says you came not because you saw signs but because your belly was full all their focus was on the physical the material you gave us bread our bellies were hungry and now they're full and jesus says you've missed it completely i gave you bread not just as a gift but as a sign that was meant to point you to the giver who is the bread of life He wanted to give them bread. He wanted to fill their bellies. When Mark, uh, in the Gospel of Mark, when Mark tells the story, he says that Jesus had compassion on the crowds. He cared for them. He knew they were hungry. He wanted to provide. But that wasn't his main goal. His main goal was to point them to Jesus. And it's the same for us. God provides in your life and gives you gifts that are meant to be signposts to point you to the giver, and not for your focus to be on what He provides. To them, their life was just their physical needs, their physical desires, their bellies, their bank accounts. It's estimated that a first century Jew, 85% of their wages went towards buying food. So if Jesus can now give me my food... Now my 85% is in the bank account, so come on, Jesus, let's keep this bread coming, and I'll keep banking it in the bank account. They came to Jesus not for life, but for loaves. And so when we read this, we need to ask ourselves, what am I seeking Jesus for? What am I seeking Jesus for? For a first century Jew, the good life was having your belly full and not spending 85% of your wages on your food. And so they wanted the good life from Jesus. And so maybe we have an idea of what the good life would be, and we're hoping that Jesus will be the means to accomplish that end. What are we seeking Jesus for It's a bit like a dairy farm where Jesus is just a cow amongst any others that you want to milk and get what you need out of, and when He stops producing, then you discard. And so we have this idea of what the good life will be, and we'll say, "All right, Jesus, I'll give you a month, I'll give you two months, I'll milk the cow, I'll pray, I'll read, I'll go to church, I'll milk that cow, but if you do not produce, I'm done. I discard you. Jesus is just another cow in the dairy farm that we want to use to get the good life. And Jesus is not a cow to be milked for our personal gain, He is the bread of life to be enjoyed for our good. Yes, that's right. He is not the cash cow for your gain, He is the bread of life to be enjoyed for our good. That's what's amazing. The the story of of going into Nanny Smith's uh, kitchen and you enjoy the smell and you enjoy the warm bread with the butter and the strawberry jam. Jesus is the bread of life to be enjoyed. He is not the cash cow to be used for your gain. He did not have it here, and He will not have it now. Jump down to 35. Second thing about Jesus as the bread of life. He says in verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to Me shall not hunger, And whoever believes in Me shall never thirst. Obviously, Jesus isn't talking about physical hunger. What Jesus is saying is that we all have a hunger. We all have a hunger. And it goes way beyond and much more deep than a pain in our physical bellies when we don't eat some physical food. We all have a hunger. We have a hunger for intimacy to be fully known yet fully loved. We have a hunger for closeness and relationship. We have a hunger for purpose and meaning to our life. We have a hunger for happiness and joy. And in all those hungers that we have, Jesus says when you come to Him, you will not be hungry anymore. When you eat of the bread of life, you will be satisfied. He will take away That hunger, Jesus, satisfies. The bread of life satisfies. He promises to satisfy. And He will satisfy. He is able. He is able. In the next few verses after, we didn't read them, but He goes on to say that all that the Father gives Him, He will not lose any of them. He will accomplish the will of the Father. Jesus does not fail he does not fail jesus is not a failure he does everything that he says he will do and when he says that if you come to him the bread of life you will not hunger he means it so you have a hunger for intimacy before jesus you are fully known you are open and laid bare before him You were knit together. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows every thought that runs through your mind. He knows every secret thing in your heart. You are open and laid bare before the Lord. He knows you more than you know yourself. You are fully known in the deepest sense of the word. And in the deepest sense of the word, before Jesus, you are fully, fully loved. You are fully, fully loved. You are fully known, and you are fully loved. Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stock on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry and and nor could the scroll contain the whole though stretched from sky to sky. The love of God so rich and pure, so measureless and strong, it will forevermore endure the saints' and angels' song. That is the love of God and that is what is directed at you in full strength, even though He knows you completely. That's why Jesus says He can satisfy the hunger for intimacy in your heart. We have a hunger for purpose and meaning. Jesus says, follow me. We have a hunger for joy and happiness In his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Jesus satisfies and he says, Come, believe, and eat the bread of life. We have this tendency, I think, to make this like a singular event. So I remember 15 years ago, or I remember in 1955, and I was at summer camp, and I ate the bread of life, and and now I don't hunger. The bread of life is meant to point us towards daily we eat the bread of life. Daily we need to eat the bread of life. We don't say that about physical bread. You don't say, I remember 15 years ago, I ate the bread of life because you'd be dead. Right? We don't even say last month, I remember when I ate bread. No, because you'd be dead. That's why you don't say that. Daily, we need to eat the bread of life. We need to feast on Jesus. We need to, uh, we need to chew and we need to ingest and we need to be strengthened by the bread of life. It's not a one-time, one-and-done event sometime long ago. And so we need to ask ourselves, am I feeding on the bread of life? Am I regularly, consistently chewing and ingesting and being strengthened by Jesus? Kinyanga at our men's weekend had the golden statement where he said, it is good to sit and to think. And we need to sit and we need to think about who Jesus is and what He's done for us. And we need to be chewing and ingesting and being strengthened by the bread of life. Betty read Psalm 1. Same thing. We delight in the Word of God, and we're like trees planted by the water. We eat the bread of life, and we are strengthened. So we come to Jesus not for loaves, but for life. For Him to enjoy like homemade bread. We enjoy the bread of life. Not to use Him for our gain, but to enjoy Him for who He is. When we do that, it comes with the promise that He will satisfy our hunger. Regularly and consistently, we need to feed on the bread of life. Lastly, let's look at verse 51. This was the strange part we referenced. Jesus says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And then in 53, He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. And we saw their response. They said, this is a hard saying. And many walked away. And it's fine when we kind of have this imagery of the bread of life, but when Jesus just straight up at the end says, you need to eat My flesh and drink My blood, We all kind of get a little, right? It makes us a little uncomfortable. You know, Grandma's bread is nice and cozy. But here, Jesus is just getting straight up strange. They're startling pictures. And we read it and we half think, you know, we can't get on the disciples too bad for jetting and getting out of there. <clears throat> but what's he saying? What's he saying when he says this? He's not promoting cannibalism like they thought, right? We know that. He's not promoting cannibalism like they thought. They said, "Woof, this is strange. We're out of here. Some have used this verse to talk about communion, but that's not really Jesus' point either. If anything, communion speaks of this verse. This verse doesn't speak about communion, if you follow me. What Jesus is saying Is like this. So, yesterday we had a great supper down at Beulah, roast beef dinner, one of my favorite meals. So, as I sit down in front of me, on the plate is a whole lot of death. Okay? There was dead cow, there was dead potatoes, there were dead greed means, there were dead carrots, there were dead squash, there was a roll that was right solid full of dead wheat. It was all death in front of me. And I ate that death and I lived. And so what Jesus is saying, now those things, they didn't do it willingly. They didn't do it sacrificially. They didn't have me in mind when they died. But it's their death that when I eat, I now live. And unless they die... I die. Do you see? Unless they die, then I die. Something has to die for us to live. Our food dies, and when we eat that, we live. And so, what Jesus is saying is, He says, Unless you eat of my flesh, you have no life in you, is that either He dies or you die. Either He dies, or you die, but there will be a death. Either you receive the death of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, and in doing so, receive eternal life, or you die. Though in our sin, we're separated from God, We do not have eternal life. We are under God's wrath. We are destined for judgment. We face eternal death in hell, away from the presence of God. And in that state, He suffers on the cross for our sins. The righteous for the unrighteous to bring us to God. Romans 5 says, So, Jesus says, The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. His death, his sacrifice satisfies the wrath of God and makes us no longer enemies against God, but children of the Most High. Because of our sin and our rebellion against God, God's wrath is heavy on us but Jesus comes in his sacrifice and he satisfies the wrath of God. He takes it on himself and he gives us life, eternal life with God. Jesus <laughs> satisfied. It's the greatest need that we have and Jesus provides. It is the greatest need that we have is to be made right with God and Jesus satisfies. He is the bread of life. He is the bread of eternal life. Jesus satisfies. He satisfies. And maybe we just need to say that this morning. There's truth in declaring uh, the truth of who God is. There's power in declaring the truth of who God is. Jesus satisfies. He is enough. He is The bread of life. You are meant to enjoy Him and feed on Him. And when you do, it comes with the promise that you will not hunger. That He will satisfy. Jesus satisfies. Whatever situation you're in, just say it. Jesus satisfies. Ready? Jesus satisfies. Jesus satisfies. When you lose your job, there we go. Here we go. When you can't find work anywhere and you've been unemployed for months. When you can't find a spouse. When you wanted to go out with a girl but she rejects you. Right? When your, your babies are keeping you up all night. When your teenager is got you at your wit's end. When the last child moves out and you're an empty nester. Jesus satisfies when you've got chronic pain. Jesus satisfies. When the when the doctors don't have answers, Jesus in every circumstance and situation of life, Jesus when you're crushed in the wine press, Jesus satisfies. Jesus satisfies. He is the bread of life, and we are meant to eat and enjoy and be satisfied forever. Amen. Forever. The team can come back up. Jesus gives us, by revealing Himself as the bread of life, Jesus is telling us, you have hungers deep inside you that you cannot fill. And I can satisfy them. Come and feast on Me. And just like bread, it's basic and everyday and it meets everyone. Rich and poor, young and and old no matter what your geographic location might be sick and healthy it's an invitation like a sliding over of a beautiful homemade loaf of bread and he says eat and feast on me why don't we all stand